episode 377, 2021 in review. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. Strangers and aliens. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with Evan, Evan David. Hello. And Steve, Steve McDonald. Oh, do we all have double names now? Well, I... 2022, it, everyone it's gets 2022. I, I figure we'll start it out that way anyway. Wow. We'll start it out like that. Thanks, yeah. Ben, Ben. Yeah. Hey, Evan, yeah. Evan. Hi, Steve, Steve. Then <laughs> <laughs> this is working. You, you guys can do whatever you want. I mean, this is just for the introduction, um, but you can stick with the double if you want to. So, uh, hey, this is a podcast about faith and spirituality and science fiction and fantasy. And this is a, I think it's pretty much annual now, right? We've done this every year for a few years, right? Yeah. Where we kind of talk like about the last year. So we're going to talk about 2021 in review. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to start by talking about movies. Evan has a list of all the movies from 2021 that he saw in 2021 that he's ranked according yes. to um, how how good they were in his estimation. And we're going to use that as our framework. Although I already know there's a couple that I disagree with him about. Of but <laughs> after looking at your list, not as strongly as I thought I might. <laughs> so okay. we'll see when okay. we get there. We'll see when we get there. Um, then we're going to talk about maybe some TV stuff and also um, some books because I discovered a couple of books uh, while I was on my walks this this summer uh, that I listened to and then some that I read. And yeah, so we're going to talk about what was our 2021 like when we are talking about the science fiction, fantasy, pop culture that we consumed yes. during that time. And the lessons. So, Evan, talk to us. Friends, we talk made. to us about Letterboxd. Oh yes. Okay. So, we, uh, me and Ben, at least. I don't know if Steve. Are you on Letterboxd, Steve? I might be, but I don't ever okay. go there. It's it's a social media platform uh, centralized around movies, where you can log which movies you watch, upload reviews, and make lists ranked or unranked. Um, and me and Ben use it a lot for. Uh, movie for all those things and so uh, i yeah, i keep yeah. a uh <laughs> i keep a diary or a list of all the different movies i watch and i every year i try to make a list and i rank them if you would like to join us in conversation on that app uh we would highly recommend it we we really like it and so um we're gonna look at my yeah, list uh, of what's what's your username 
Movie Man Evan, what's Ev. your username? Movie okay. Man Ev, all one word. And uh, mine is Whispering Loon, all one word. Evan uses it a lot more than I do. I find myself having to um, catch myself back up because I, I'll watch stuff and then not say anything on there or not not log it in. But it is nice. I was logging in movies uh, this just a couple days ago to get ready for this episode, and it was fun to go through my movie tickets uh, on Fandango and just remembering like, oh, yeah, I went and saw that. And uh, and then, oh, yeah, on Prime, they had this movie that came out. Yeah, it's a fun app. So this list is all, yeah, like Ben said, all the movies I watched in 2021 that came out in 2021. And I've ranked them uh, from the ones I liked the best or thought was the best down to the worst. And we're going to start at the bottom with the worst and go up to number one. And I'm just going to read through these. I might say like one thing about it and then we'll move on unless we want to have a deeper discussion. Uh, you guys stop me because I know there's some on here that we're going to want to talk about based on. And there's, there's some that, that we might have one thing to say about that movie yes, too. Cause I true. know yes. you're, uh, I think where you're going to start, I'm, I'm going to have at least one thing to say about that movie. So, okay. Yeah. Go for Aren't it. Aren't you guys ready? All right, I've got Ready 36 go? I've got 36 movies on here and at the bottom, number 36 out of 36 is Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Didn't see it. So that was yeah. Steve's one thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> My one thing to say is, yep. Uh it there's actually moments in that movie that are like, "Oh, okay." And I did like that the the whole thing with Starro like it was funnish to see him yes doing stuff mm-hmm. um it's just so foul <laughs> and yep yep and so, and it's just a yucky movie yeah it's just a it's but, a celebration of senseless violence trivialization of evil i didn't even finish watching it so oh okay yeah so you did miss out on some of the best stuff no i got to the starro fight at the end uh but okay. then i i quit it at that point because it, it just wasn't letting up it's yeah why did you choose to watch it because Starro's in because it, it was a, okay <laughs> i i wanted to see Starro, and uh they did that they did him very well um yeah be, better than they did in jack's zack snyder's justice league i would i would go so far as to say even that that was the best character of of the movie <laughs> and yeah <laughs> No, it, moments of cinematic brilliance as far as like James Gunn directing, but just not just not worth watching really. Nope. In my estimation for sure. So I agree. So we agree on that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next one, 35, is Flora and Ulysses, which is a Disney Plus movie. I assume it was gonna come out in theaters, but it's about like a super powered squirrel. Uh skip that one. Don't watch it. It's really boring. I thought it was kind of fun. Oh, you liked it? It's not that I liked it. It's that it wasn't offensive. I didn't find a lot of it. That anything you are was correct. Problematic. It was not offensive or problematic or interesting in any way. Um. <laughs> I don't think I said interesting. Um, all right, number thirty-four if you're, if you're is kids. If you like kids, if you want to, you know, watch a superhero squirrel movie with your kids, I don't think it's a bad choice. Of all the superhero squirrel movies out there, 
it's probably in the top tier. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Number 34 is uh, <laughs> Venom Let There Be Carnage. Anything you want to yeah, say about that? I would that, disagree Dan? a little bit on this one. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't put it that far low. It's it's definitely not a top tier movie for the year, but I had a lot of fun at the movie. It was okay. It was solidly goofy and yeah, but not enough. <laughs> There's a lot of people who went and saw that movie that didn't need to or didn't want to because it had a tie in with a post credit to the MCU. And I'm wondering how much of a box office boost it got just from that alone. (laughs) But yeah, you want a distracting hour and a half that breezes along really fast. And because of that does not explain everything that's going on (laughs) and that has um, better effects than the first movie in that you at least know what's going on in some of the special effects uh, battles. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you like Woody Harrelson, he's in this movie. He is. He's in this totally and is. he's acting. So, um, um, well, so, so I, I I didn't think it was a horrible movie. It's just I've put it I've put it like based on what I want to watch this again versus the ones above it, and that's where it is. So yeah, and and this is a movie that I had to when you see it. You'll understand why, but it did get added into my uh, MCU rankings. Me too. Uh, So there's now 34 movies, I believe, in the MCU, Mm -hmm. and uh, this one is number 30. So Nice. Not not (laughs) the bottom, but there are 29 other movies I'd rather watch in the MCU than this one. Is this technically an MCU movie? It is now. Technically it is, (laughs) yep. Okay. It is now. And retroactively, uh Venom also the first became one, yep. uh, part of the MCU because of that. So Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I don't know how much to say. We I mean it's been out for a while. Um so spoiler moratorium, I don't know, but uh uh it's part of less the Marvel Cinematic Universe and more the Marvel Cinematic Multiverse. <laughs> and it's got a direct tie-in to that multiverse, not just a, oh, it could be because there's a multiverse, so anything could be. It really does have a direct tie-in. Yeah. So, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that I had a ton of issues going to see this movie. My, As I was driving to go see the movie, I was running a little bit late. My son FaceTimes me. So I pull off the road so I can talk to him thinking it's some sort of emergency. He just wanted to know if he could watch YouTube. <laughs> and <laughs> so then I start driving again after pulling off the road and I hear this on my tire. So I pull over again and um, a, oh, uh, it's a plastic binding thing with a metal clamp on it was stuck in my tire. <laughs> So I pull that out and drive home and cancel my ticket and I'm watching the car to see if the tire is going down. It's not, it's not, it's not. So I'm like, okay. So I contact my wife and say, I think I'm going to go to the later showing. So I go to the next show. I get there. It's a 3d movie. I don't want it to be a 3d movie because it costs more, but it was the only one that fit the time frame. and the movie starts. There's never a screen that comes on to say, put on your glasses. And I'm just thinking, well, that's weird. So I put on my glasses and the screen looks weird and I'm sitting in the theater with four other people. And I'm just like, 
oh, they started the 2D version instead of the 3D version. <laughs> this could be good. I might be able to get a little bit of a uh, at least get my money back for the you know the the upgrade or whatever. And then someone at the front yells, "Isn't this supposed to be 3D?" And someone else yells, "Yeah." And so then someone gets up and walks out of the theater. And so seven <laughs> minutes into the movie, it stops. The manager comes in and says, folks, we're sorry. Uh, if we can't get it fixed for you, we'll, we'll reimburse your money. So now I'm thinking, ooh, I might get my whole ticket back. And then it starts again at the beginning of the movie in 3D. I got nothing back. And I had to watch the beginning seven minutes twice. And... <laughs> So oh, already I, it, my arms are crossed a little bit as I'm watching the movie, but, but it did, uh, it, it, it did grow on me and I did laugh and I did basically enjoy myself. And so I, yeah, okay. that's my Venom Let There Be Carnage review. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the one after above Venom Let There Be Carnage is the Paw Patrol movie. Which I went and saw <laughs> with my young with my daughter, and she really enjoyed it. And I actually enjoyed it more than I thought. It had some cool uh, action scenes for a preschool movie. Um, but yeah, it's a it's about the Paw Patrol. Uh, but I mean, if it, if it wasn't a preschool movie, like hypothetically, if you were the target audience for this movie, where would you put it on the list? In the middle, probably. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, 32 is Space Jam, <laughs> A New Legacy, uh, which it was terrible. Um, I was very... Uh, this is probably the most disappointing movie of the year for me. Um, because I really enjoyed the first one as a kid, and this was just a soulless feature length advertisement for other movies. So, and not even you a guys very remember <laughs> Justice League you're saying? No, Space Jam. Oh, Space Jam. Do you Jam. guys remember when uh we did the on the nines series? Mhm. Where mm -hmm. it was all of the the movies that that or we just talked about the year in review of the movies or the years that ended in in 9. Yep. And uh we did 2019 was the ending effect. We talked about movies that were like ending the franchise and stuff. Um, one of the things that I wish we could do that kind of goes along with that, where with that they were, it was star Wars. It was Marvel. It was toy story. Um, but to take a look at things like space jam, a new, new legacy where it's the continuation effect because this year feels like it was the continuation effect where you had all these legacy things like Space Jam. Who who was asking for a sequel to Space Jam? No one. No one, but the nostalgia was there and so they were <laughs> they were able to do that. And there is a handful of movies on this list that we're going to be talking about that are like that. Now Space Jam I skipped. I didn't skip some of the other ones, but where they're like, "Hey, it's 20 years later and now we're going to see what's up in the universe." Or what's up with these characters? And yeah, there's yeah. A, a lot of movies like the Tron, Blade Runner. Man, well, yeah, like so space... a, this year's not the only year that, that that did that, but there are a handful of of things that that did happen this year that I find it interesting that they happened this year together. So yeah, 
Yeah. Man, but Space Jam was just, it was so poorly done and just soulless, like I said. Just, it, it feels yucky to watch. <laughs> but it was nice to hear Mel Blanc's voice one more time. I don't think was he it? did anything. He's yeah, dead. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, was there some sort of special thing that they did for him? Or? No, no. I just like to say Mel Blanc because he's well, a hero. Okay. Uh, and 31 is Tom and Jerry the movie where they are let loose in a wacky adventure of in New York city, live action, New York city. And, uh, I, I really do not enjoy Tom and Jerry, uh, but I enjoyed this movie. So it's, it's better than all the other Tom and Jerry's that I've ever seen. And that's, there's something to be said for that. And it's still at 31. Yeah. (laughs) So we're actually getting into movies that you enjoyed and we're still at below 30. So all, all the movies, yeah, all the movies above Space Jam, I think, I I don't think are terrible movies, and I got some enjoyment out of them. Okay. Uh, this is just where they fell in that level of enjoyment. So uh, number 30 is Home Sweet Home Alone, which is There we the, go. Okay, another yeah. one. A legacy. Yep. <laughs> did you watch this, Ben? <laughs> I did. I did. What'd you think? Um, I laughed more than I thought I was going to. I appreciated that the crooks, quote unquote, weren't crooks, that there was actually something going on more than just, hey, we're bad and we're going to steal stuff. And I thought that there were some clever moments. So what happened was we ended up watching through the Home Alone franchise Mm -hmm. because of this movie. Uh, My kids had never seen them. It had been years since I'd seen the first two. Uh, We started watching... uh, number five and six, I think it was. Ooh. And and we didn't finish watching them because they mm. were just kind of garbage. But yeah. uh, I did enjoy Home Sweet Home Alone enough that we might watch it next year. But we did start what could be a new tradition, which is as you're watching Home Alone and Home Alone 2, uh, counting the times when death should have occurred. Yes, yes. We, we did that last time <laughs> like we watched it's, it too. Yes. Yeah, that was the quote-unquote drinking game of the movie where you're just like... <laughs> Okay, that was when they should have died. And yeah, there's another yeah. one, and we're counting the deaths. And then we're actually arguing about, well, was that one? No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it should have been. We were actually arguing about, should they have died? And yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember our tally marks that we had for it. But um, Home Sweet Home Alone, not not so much. I think there might have only been yeah. one or two things that could have resulted in death. I missed it. Yeah, it's not like he was throwing bricks off of a building and hitting somebody in the no. face with those bricks. No. <laughs> like it's straight up like the laws of physics say that these guys should not be standing back up again yeah. because of brain damage, skull fracturing, and and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm with you. I, I enjoyed the the villain dynamic in this one. And I think they were actually more interesting than the the kid. And uh, I really the actress who played the mom villain. I love her. I love I, anything she's in. Uh, uh, Ellie Ellie Kemper, I think your name yes, is. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very funny. All right. So yeah. above that, uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, so the, the the game for Home Sweet Home Alone is not should they have died. It's just counting all of the misunderstandings that it required to get to the point where he wouldn't call the police. Yeah. He couldn't call the police. He couldn't trust these people. 
um, they had reasons to not knock on the door. Like it's all these different things where it's like super convoluted script writing to get us to that point. But that's the whole point of the movie Yeah, is traps and misunderstandings. So yeah, it worked and was fun. And I laughed and I do think we'll watch it again. Nice. Uh, above that is my little pony, a new generation. Which is a live act or not live action CGI movie, and actually this falls into the continuation thing because it takes place like hundreds of years after the the famous TV show that everybody hmm. liked. So, and uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. It held my attention. Yumi loves it. We've watched it several times. Um, up above that is the Boss Baby Family Business, which is the second Boss Baby movie. Have you guys seen the first one? Saw the first one in the TV series. Oh, yeah. The first one, I think, is worth a watch. The TV series, I didn't enjoy. This one, I the only really enjoyable part is uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, very funny. And his Gandalf alarm clock comes back. <laughs> it was sweet, once again. It's more about uh, fathers and sons rather than brothers this time. So that was good. Um, 27 is... To All the Boys 3, and the only reason I'm watching these is because we enjoyed the first one, and we've watched the second one, so we needed to watch the third one, and they're is this okay. sci-fi or fantasy? No, this is, a, this is a teen romance movie, and it's, uh, <laughs> the first one is very funny, and I would recommend it, and the second ones are more of the characters. So. It's a teen romance, so more into the horror category. Yeah, it, it's got a. The first one had a funny premise where it's like she's she's written these love letters to all these crushes she's had over the years, and she's never sent them. And her little sister decides to send them, and they all get them at the same time. Now that she's in high school, and it's, it's pretty funny. Um, is the sequel? Is it? Is the second one called "I Still Love You"? Is that what it is? Yeah. P.S. I still love you. Yeah. So. I don't know who I was talking to, but someone had a friend who was texting with an ex. That's me. And that was like, me. It was it you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they texted, P.S. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ex was like, I-, I still love you too. She's like, oh no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the movie I'm watching right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was a girl in my small group. Uh, one of her friends. Oh. That happened to. Very funny. Um, <laughs> so number 26 is Thunder Force. You guys see that with? Uh, I did not. No. Did you wow, like it, Steve? A movie that I saw that Ben didn't see. Um, yeah. It wasn't as bad as so many people say it is. Um, no, I, I, I. There were liked some it. enjoyable parts to it. Yeah, it, and there were some like real parts to it too, where like if you were really a superhero, it went into that too. You know, like sort of like the awkwardness and the. You know, things like that. And yeah, the like, acting was really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. The actresses are very talented. And um, yeah. I would lump this into, like, the superhero movie category with, like, Sky High and Underdog. You know, where it's, like, it's a more lighthearted. A little bit more mature. Yeah, a little bit more mature right, than that. Yeah. But, like, it's not, like, a real superhero movie. and but it's, not, yeah. but it's not really trying to be. You know, it's just playing with the tropes. Um yeah. yeah, you're not looking for a sky-high comic book or a Thunder Force comic book, but for like a one-off movie, it's not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, above that, is, uh, number 25 is Snake Eyes. 
G.I. Joe Origins. Probably only movie this year that I really wanted to see, but never got a chance to see it. I, I really wanted to go, and then it just did not work out for me to be able to see it. So. The only reason I watched this is because we just took a trip to Hawaii, and it was on the plane. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to watch it. It's, you know, I'm not a G.I. Joe person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was actually thinking about that while I was on the plane. I was like, what if there were snakes on this plane? Um, and a spoiler alert, there are snakes in the movie, um, like real snakes. I'm not a G.I. Joe guy, but it was a fun, over-the-top ninja movie. So, number 24, Don't Look Up. Did you guys see that? I did. Oh, I heard about it. I did, yeah. Yeah, that is a scary movie. I feel like it's kind of about us right now. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yes. I watched yeah. it on I watched it on VidAgel so I didn't get the language or the adult content, but yeah, it's it's a pretty biting satire on modern society and social media and uh the former president and the conservative people in America and yeah. Well, not just the conservative people in America, just the people in America where they're more, you know, like, there is things about conservative America mm-hmm. where it's like choosing to not look up um, right. at this comet that's going to come and <laughs> hit the earth and destroy the earth. Uh, but then it's also about how, you know, the same morning news show where they're kind of trying to tell the world there's a comet that's going to hit the earth. Um, there's a pop star who makes up with her boyfriend and they get engaged and that has more uh, social media effect than the comet that's going to hit the earth, uh, which turns into memes and jokes, you know? And so just the, the commentary on our American society, um, they mention other countries, but it really is about American, American society and, and just how, we don't we don't want to look up we don't want to look at the problems and we'd rather be distracted yeah be distracted yep. and yeah so there's there's also a um Timothy Chalamet what's his name Chalamet Chalamet Charlemagne Charlemagne uh he plays a a Christian character that's I found he gets like two minutes of screen time, but I found him interesting. Yeah, uh, just the way that he uh, kind of took that role. And in this, there's actually a scene where he takes the role of, Hey, I'm the guy who can pray. I'll pray. Yeah. And it's, there's just some really interesting things in that movie, scary things in that movie uh, content wise language throughout for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember the, but I believe it's there's it's the post credit scene that has actual nudity in it, yeah. and um, for reasons that that make sense for the plot, but don't weren't necessary because you yeah. could have easily gotten around. around but you don't have to see that on VidAngel. Uh, and also, if you stop it before the post credit, you don't have to see it on regular. So sure. if if it's the if it's the if the language doesn't bother you. Uh, you could easily just stop it when the credits start rolling. Yes. But if the ending is too disturbing for you, you might need the post credit to pick up your spirits. Ugh, I did not feel like it picked up my spirits at all. 
<laughs> I did not. <laughs> like, just and a then there's a, a second post credit at the very end that really just killed my spirits. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't see that one. Oh man, uh, I'll talk about it off off mic with you. But okay. um, it's just like ten seconds, and it you're not expecting it because then it goes to like the rolling credits and how many movies do a, another post credit that's not going to be a sequel. Yeah. They could do an interesting sequel with this because of the, the one post credit, but yeah, <laughs> the, but the story that matters ends when credits roll and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to watch. It really, it was, I was expecting it to be more comedic because that's kind of what you, the trailers kind of showed. Um, but it was, it was hard. It was sat, it's satirical rather than, than comical. Yeah. And, um, but the other thing is this reminded me of those old epic disaster movies where they bring in like seven, like two or three A-listers and then 10 B-listers as far as actors go. Because all of a sudden you're just like, wait, I recognize that guy. And then he's gone. And then. <laughs> And then like Timothy Chalamet or whatever his name is, he comes in and you're just like, what? What's this guy doing here? I know that face. IMDb. Oh, that, that's that's yeah. who it was. So Jennifer Lawrence looks like Ellie Kemper in this movie. Yeah, she does. In the trailer, I thought it was Ellie Kemper. And in the credits to the movie starts and I'm like, that's not. That's Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. And, and Jonah Hill is playing just one of the most Jonah Hill characters. Oh and he's gosh. just the worst character in the entire movie. Oh. It, it, I, I mean, if you were to take a, a poll from me, like what's the worst character that I've seen all year? Like he, he might be so bad. So bad. Yeah. But <laughs> he's just so, he, he's so good at terrible. it. Though. He's the awful person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is very he sells good. It. it. Yeah. <laughs> all uh. right. Number 23, the Eternals, Marvel Studios. The Eternals. Didn't see it. We did a whole episode on that, people. If you would like we did to do an episode on that. Go yeah. in depth on that. Go back. I haven't caught up to that one yet. Uh number twenty two, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, that um, low. I liked it. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this one. And I th- we did a whole episode on this too. Um Yeah. But uh yeah, w- wasn't a fan of that one. Number twenty one, Ron's Gone Wrong. You guys see that? Yes, I did enjoy that. I've heard of it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You 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 put it on that list for us to do an episode. Yeah. Of I think we should do an episode on that later. There's a triple feature of movies that came out in like the past two years that all have the same plot. And this is one of them. <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, I think we'll save it for that. Cause I, I think it'd be a fun triple feature to do. Number 20 is Vivo. Do you guys see Vivo? No, no, that is a animated movie about a monkey. And but it is written uh, by Lin Manuel Miranda, and it is like, of it's like Hamilton for kids. It's like the exact same musical style of Hamilton, but he's done an animated feature with it. So uh, I really liked it because of that. The plot is okay, but the the music was really cool, and it's just interesting to see him do something animated. So. Um, hmm. Does the monkey have a tail? He does. It's actually a Kikachu. I don't know. I don't know if that is actually technically a monkey, but uh, yes. Well, if it doesn't have a tail, it's not I, a monkey. I know that. 
Even if it has a monkey kind of shape. Yes. <laughs> if it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. It's an yeah. ape. Yeah. So, Curious George. He's not, not a monkey. Yeah. Um, okay, number 19 is The Matrix Resurrections. Didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought this would be higher on your list based on uh, your review of it. Yeah, not... Uh, well, that... There's so many movies that I like more than this on my list, but I like this movie. I think it's a good movie. Four stars, Ben. This is 10 slots above Space Jam. Yeah. You have to put everything in context to Space Jam. <laughs> and I can't I can't to Space Jam because I didn't see Space Jam. But uh, I did see this, and I was not impressed. And I didn't get angry at the movie, so at least there's that. And I didn't retroactively hate the matrix the first one um but close like it it just it just soured the franchise for me completely and there was it was all the meta stuff which normally i think i would go for but for some reason i didn't with this and the other thing is i don't know if you ever saw the episode of the simpsons where homer simpson is watching and uh pbs uh, and Garrison Keeler is on PBS talking and the people in the audience are laughing, but Homer's not. So he starts hitting the TV, get funny, get funny. <laughs> like he's trying to fix the TV picture and make it get funny. Um, yeah. I, with the matrix, I was just like, no, get good. Come on, get good. This isn't, this isn't the movie. No, come on. And I wanted to like it so much, uh, but it just did nostalgia wrong for me. And and it it was all about all the meta stuff was all about how this movie was unnecessary and how it was just a cash grab. And so they're they're actually saying, yeah, we know, we know, <laughs> but but we're we're trying to be clever about it. And if we if we put a lampshade on it, then then you're gonna like this. And I just I just didn't. And the action sequences weren't exciting to me. Um I Keanu Reeves knew new moves not great like his the new action move, scenes definitely hold my hands up yeah the action scenes definitely pale in comparison to the original trilogy for sure and but how was the lampshade itself uh it, it was greenish you know like that okay. was <laughs> i like green. no i this is the the thing where if we had been driving to see this movie evan and i'd ask you the question that we normally ask what does this movie need to do to um to for it to be successful and one of the things it would need to do for me to be successful is get me excited in the action because that even the sequel stuff that i didn't like the the sequels too much um the action excited me and it, it was fun to watch but this one the action just was not fun for me to watch and um yeah and again just all of the we're, we're so clever because we're going to talk about how a studio is is wanting us to redo the movie metaphorically. We're going to talk about that, and you're just like, no, just make a good movie. You don't have to like. We know it's a cash grab because every movie that exists is a cash grab. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote in my review it was good catching up with old friends, and that's what it felt like to me. And then there there were like a ton of really cool concepts that they introduced that I just wish 
we would have gotten more of like the machine like yep. the machine programs can be in the real world now and the machines have split into factions so it's not just humans versus machines it's now about ideologies mm-hmm. instead of races and uh there's a new uh zion place and niobe comes back and you still just hate her so much because she's just the worst <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's the it's the Wolverine Origins syndrome where you have the beginning credits of Wolverine Origins and you're just like, that's the movie I want to see. <laughs> and then it moves into the real movie. And there's a whole movie or trilogy of movies between Matrix uh, Reloaded and Matrix Res- Resurrections. I wanted to see that. The Machines are splitting into factions. There's another war, a whole war happened in between there. Mm. And so interesting. It sounds like Tron. Yeah. Yeah. The new Tron. Yeah. It's there. Similar. Yeah. You're right, Evan. They, they bring up a lot of things that are super interesting, but then I felt like they just didn't deliver to me on any of yep. them. Yeah. So maybe we'll get a, uh, who knows, like an HBO max series or something. But, well, Based on your review, I thought we were going to get a lot further from each other on on what we thought about the movie. But it sounds like other than me not liking it, you liking it, we have a lot of the same thoughts about it. Yeah, to me, it was like a really good Matrix fan fiction. And as somebody who has written Matrix fan fiction, I had an extra (laughs) appreciation for it. Uh So here are here's my letterbox reviews. Uh, seven word movie review number one. We did not need to come back. Seven word movie review number two. Mediocre, overly meta, almost exciting, messy, unfulfilling. Seven word movie review number three. Jessica Henwick is easily the best part. Yes. She was so much fun to watch and she looked like she was having so much fun in the movie. Yes. She was absolutely the best part. Even better than Keanu. I loved Keanu Reeves in the matrix and in bill and ted face the music he made me cry but in this he made me sigh (laughs) (laughs) she she was a great new character crossovers bill and ted's matrix (laughs) it could work i'm sure there's some fan fiction out there about that that. all right we need to keep moving uh number 18 black widow um number 17 jungle cruise (laughs) Wait, did we do a, a an episode about Black Widow? I don't think we did. I don't know if we did. We didn't do a a road trip. Yeah, that's right. We didn't do a road trip, but we did talk about it in our Eternals road trip. I think. No, I think in our so. Shang Chi road trip. Yes. Um, Jungle Cruise is number seventeen, it, which is the newest installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and it was it was a solid entry in that franchise. Did they do anything to link it up? Because when I watched the, I didn't watch the movie. When I watched the trailers, I thought there's a missed opportunity here if they didn't have some sort of uh, just Easter egg, you know? Not not officially, to put but them in the, the same universe. But there's a there's a curse, another curse brought on by like the Aztec Cortez uh, era stuff. So. You could you could sync it together in your head canon pretty easily, and it feels like a, a pirates movie. Oh, absolutely! 
Um, at least with the the supernatural elements going on, it's like, wow, okay, this is just it's exactly the same as Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, nice. <laughs> it actually was really really interesting because you know how in the Pirates of, uh, of the Caribbean two, the people are on the ship and they like start to become like part of the sea or like they start to become like mm-hmm. coral reefs or barnacles and stuff. Well, these people start yeah, to yeah. become like parts of the jungle. So there's like a guy made of bees and there's like a guy made of mud. And yeah, it was just really interesting. That's cool. Um, okay. And then number 15 and 16 are together. It's Batman, the long Halloween parts one and two. And that was solid. That was a solid, adaptation of that movie and i love how it's two parts so you get like it's a full three hour like mob epic you know with batman in it so mm-hmm. the very long halloween yes yeah. <laughs> the three hour long halloween yeah number 14 is the mitchells versus the machines you guys seen that no okay that's no. on the that's on the um ron's gone wrong triple feature and this is the movie that Sony Pictures made following the Spider-Verse where they're taking their unique take on, you know, cutting edge animation and they're pushing the envelope even further here with this. So it's worth it just for the visuals alone to watch this. And well, I, I really want to do that triple feature. So we'll talk about it then. Um, number 13, Spider-Man No Way Home. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, again, I thought this would be lower on your list based on your review because it yes. has fewer stars yes. than other movies that have been earlier in your list. I need to change my star ranking because after... Again? <laughs> yes, yep, for a third time. After sitting on it and meditating on it and and looking at my own bitterness, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a better place with it. Wow. So it's it's on 13. Did you change your opinion about the ending? We, we won't spoil the ending, but that was what I understood you to you moved your star ranking down. Yes, because you hated the ending so much. Yeah, uh, not really. I haven't changed. Okay, changed my opinion on that. Yeah. We do need to do a conversation about this because I yeah. really wanted to explore that because I felt like the ending was a very Spider-Man ending, but. I could also see, like you're you're saying, it soured you on on Toby, not Toby McGuire, on on not Andrew Tom Garfield, Holland. Tom Holland, yeah, yes, on his movies. Yep, so. we can, we'll talk about it at some point. But another legacy movie where you get to connect with old friends. Yeah, just mm-hmm. leave it at that, mm-hmm. or old enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> number twelve. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I really liked that one. I thought it was good. There was a lot to like in this movie. I I had trouble with a lot of the choreographed fighting, which, I mean, I have a lot of trouble with choreographed fighting in a lot of movies. But it just seems like... they. It was beautifully choreographed. You know, like the the train, the, the bus scene, mm. and the, um, the the scaffolding scene and stuff like that. But if you just take a step back, it's like so many things should be happening that aren't, or aren't happening that should be. That it's it's it breaks it a little bit for me. But the way that they gave you like a glimpse into 
Chinese culture and especially American Chinese mm-hmm. culture and brought in elements from Chinese mythology. Um, I thought those were really well done uh, aspects of the entire thing. Yeah. I, the thing about the, the choreographed fighting in this movie is they were channeling just Jackie Chan and and the kinds of fight scenes that he would have. And I think they even got some people from who had worked on some Jackie Chan movies uh, to work on some of that action sequence stuff. And there's definitely a couple things where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that move in a Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> or, um, you know, the way he's using his the laptop or the, you know, the, the scaffolding and just different things like that. Like, um, which is a definite style of filmmaking that is, is very stylized and yeah, but also very cool. Yeah. I started watching this movie again on the plane. Also, I watched like, I started like four different movies and didn't finish them on the plane. Um, but, uh, watch watching it again. I realized like Aquafina makes this movie for me. If she wasn't in this movie, She's I would hilarious. not like it as much. Um, so yeah, very funny. Um, number 11, the tomorrow war. You guys see that? Didn't see it. I did. It would go a lot lower on my list than <laughs> 11. I don't have a list, so I don't know where it would go, but it just, it's a movie that if you let it carry you, it's a, it's fine. But if you think about it too much and think about the, the way time travel works in this movie, just. It's not consistent, and yeah, I I wasn't wasn't too excited about. It. I was excited to watch it, but then when it when I actually finished watching it, I was just like, why was why was it that way? Just yeah, I was thoroughly entertained. Definitely entertaining. Um, number ten, number ten, uh, Bob Ross colon. Happy accidents, comma betrayal and greed, um, which is a documentary on I think it's on Netflix, and uh, it was great. I'm just gonna read my review of it. Uh, I said a delightfully chill documentary, punctuated with sadness and interesting facts that will change your perspective on this pop culture icon. Watch this on a rainy or snowy day with a blanket and a hot drink. <coughs> Nice. <laughs> what if you don't want to change your feelings towards Bob Ross? I don't think it will really I don't think it will change your feelings about him. I think it will change just your perspective on his legacy and I just think you should watch it. Just watch it. That's hard to explain. All right, I'm out of here. I'm going to watch that Bob Ross thing. Okay, bye. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> no, because you like, should no, watch Steve, it. Don't go. You, you should, should watch it. It's very show. good. Um <laughs> uh number nine is I'm needy, Evan. Need <laughs> I'm sorry, <me>. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, number nine is Free Guy. Didn't see it. I really like that one. Did that come out this year? Yeah, which we did an episode about that one. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did an episode about that. Go back and listen. It was very funny. We both really liked it, me and Ben. A lot of fun and a non-franchise movie that's a big budget. It, it was it was good. Mm-hmm. Could be part of the MCU. Um, number eight. 
<laughs> Number eight is They could Cruella. watch it in the MCU, maybe. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> did you guys watch Cruella? I did no. not. Very good. I don't good. like movies Wor- about donuts. <laughs> See, in, 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 in the Northeast, we, we call crullers crullas. Mm. So Cruella, Cruella. Anyway, go ahead with your review. It was it was good. I I would highly recommend it. I think it is worth your time. It's they take the character and they convincingly make her a little more sympathetic. And you, it's a heist movie also. So it's it's good. Um, number seven, Justice Society World War Two. Did you guys see that? I did not. No. That was solid. I think you guys would really enjoy it. Um, what it's is that solid. I don't know. I, I think it might be on HBO Max. Um, but it's it's a solid uh, JSA story. But also, it kind of sets up uh, some cool stuff that's going to happen in the future. And and uh, I think you guys will the like future. It. Yes, it's an animated no. movie, right? Yes, and it's very good. Number six is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Really enjoyed watching that. We did an episode about that. Mm-hmm. Number five is Encanto by Disney. Did you guys watch that yet? I have not gotten to that one yet. This came out on Christmas Day, and we have watched it five times already. Um, it's very good. The music in this is it's also by Lynn Manuel Miranda, and I think this is his best, the best that he's done. Well, you know, it's hard to compare to Hamilton because Hamilton, all of it is just a song that he wrote. But um, as far as just like you know, a, ma- a mainstream uh, movie where he's just writing you know a handful of songs for it, uh, this was this is very good. It's like the it's like um, how should I describe this? It's basically Disney doing a Disney princess version of the X-Men. Number four is Raya and the Last Dragon. I haven't seen that one yet either. You guys are killing me. You're killing me. (laughs) It's only so many hours in a day. I know, man. Yeah, you got to make room for the quality stuff. Um, This is number four, Ben. Number four. Also starring Aquafina. So, great. And it's, (laughs) uh, what's her name? Rose from Star Wars is the main character in this. Um, and she does Do not remember her name. Yeah. Kelly Marie Tran. That's it. I pulled it from the depths. Um, number three is Wish Dragon. Did you guys watch that? I've never no. even heard of it. It's on Netflix. It's very good. It's, uh, it's basically Wish like a Dragon? Wish Dragon. It's like Chinese Aladdin, but they they do it so well and so unique. Uh, it's, it kind of, it stands on its own two feet and I think it's really worth your time as well. Number three, wish dragon. Very funny. Um, and then two is Dune. And I believe you guys did. Okay. Yes. Two is Dune. Did you guys do an episode on that? We did do an episode on Dune. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I've been waiting, waiting to hear, for you as someone who's not read the book, not seen the other movie, uh, aware of things from pop culture, but not aware of the plot necessarily. Mm. Were you able to follow the plot of this movie? Yeah. Did you? Okay. Cause that was the test, but I couldn't give the test myself because I'm watching it. And I'm like, I just reread the book. I 
rewatched the movie, the other movie, not too long ago. Um, yeah, so I, I I've read like the 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 original version that that he wrote, the Frank Herbert wrote. Um, that's completely different. You know, I, I've I've done some deep dives on Dune. And uh, I was just so curious, like, okay, someone who doesn't know the movie or doesn't know the story because the David Lynch's Dune, you can't, I, I don't think you can really follow on their first viewing. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be some weird stuff that happens and, and that, but this, I felt like they did a good job, but I wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. I and, really, I really liked it in the, I mean, it's just so well done the world building and just, it just com- feels completely real, even though it's a uh, you know completely alien and sci-fi world. And I I loved it. I thought it was great. Good. All right. Yeah. And we did a, win an episode about that, so we've we've had our say. <laughs> I went and saw that in the Alamo Draft House again, and man, every movie experience in that place is just the best movie experience. So good. Um. And then number one on my list of movies for 2021 is Luca by Pixar. Really? Yes. Hmm. Did you guys see that? Yeah, that I that I did. did see. Yeah. You guys like it? It was um, it was it was fun. It just it wasn't my kind of movie. I it, there's nothing I can really take away from it. Really, it was well done. It was fun. My my son liked it. Um, but it, like when you said Luca, I was like, Luca, it sounds familiar. Even though it, like, there's nothing I I could say that's like bad about it or anything like that. So it looked like it was a very, um, interesting look at friendships and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed it, but I'm surprised that it's number one like that. That's a, that's high praise. Yeah, um, I have a bunch of friends who watched it and hated it. And I was like, well, I guess you've never seen any Studio Ghibli movies. <laughs> it was, yeah, it did feel like it could have been Pixar doing Miyazaki, but yeah. yeah. This is my uh, review I wrote. The most charming movie of the year, Pixar has finally fully embraced their love and inspirational affection for Studio Ghibli, pretty much just doing what they do including embracing international film pacing with a little American Pixar humor thrown in. And I, and it's about sea monsters and I love sea monsters stuff. So yeah, yeah, no added it, bonus. It's a lot of fun. World building was happening in that movie and the, the cinematography is just gorgeous. Like some mm. of the, the ways that they did like the, the water and the, the landscape, it just, it's very, very good Pixar movie. Which means it's a very, very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my list of movies, anyway. All right. So other movies from 2021. The Mortal Kombat. You didn't, <gasps> you didn't watch? <laughs> I watched half of that and turned it off. <laughs> it's not yes. great. It's not great. But it was on HBO Max. And... Mm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, along with like Godzilla and Kong and Dune, it was one of the interesting things about 2021 is the, uh, streaming and theater co-release. That's one of the reasons I didn't see a lot of movies because they weren't sent to streaming. 
and my wife is still not comfortable with me going to movie theaters. So, but you did watch Stowaway. Because we did an episode about that. Yeah. Did what I? Was that about? <laughs> no, you didn't. It was the episode uh, where we played the uh, old time radio episode of the story oh. that Stowaway was based on. Yep. That is, uh, oh, what's the name of the, the mathematics, um, arithmetic, something like that. But it's cold it's equations. The, cold equations. That's it. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. Not perfect, but an interesting modern look at the situation that would probably never ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> there. That was another one where, when it was written in the fifties or whatever it made sense because they're thinking about rocketry and about accounting for every ounce that's on there and, and all the fuel and you have enough fuel to do the, the mission you need to do. And um, when they did it, this modern version, they had to do the home alone thing where it's like, well, what kind of misunderstandings can we write into this to make the story work that we want to tell? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, escape room tournament of champions. Oh, don't tell me about it because I still want to see it. Have you seen really the first one? Yes, I really like the first one and I want to see the second okay. one. Uh, it, enjoyable, though, in the same Good. way that the first one was. So Great. Yeah. And they're, they do the world building thing. It's the sequel. And so they do the sequel stuff. So Great. Uh, old. <laughs> we talked about that a little bit. Nope. Nope. Uh, nope. Nobody nope. But here's my other theatrical experience that I wanted to talk about. And that is in October, I saw Dracula from 1931 and Frankenstein from 1931 in a double feature. And then four weeks later, three weeks later, I saw the Invisible Man, Invisible Man from 1933 and the Wolfman from 1941 in a theatrical uh, double feature. And that was so much fun to see those movies on the big screen. It was interesting to see Dracula and Frankenstein, which have very limited uh, scoring. And so there's a lot of just silence or shuffling. (laughs) And (laughs) it just, uh, that was a different experience. And then you go to the Invisible Man and the Wolfman and you see them like, the music is just and (laughs) just punctuating every single thing that they can do. Um, But just a whole lot of fun to see those, those movies on the big screen. Um, Let me uh, use this as a segue real quick, because I did watch some new movies that I had never seen. They did not come out in 2021, but one of those was the invisible man the original Invisible Man and the brand new one. And I liked both of them. Okay. All right. Um, I did not see the brand new one. I have it actually on disc. I got it for like six bucks or something like that. And That's good. It's around somewhere, but I moved after I bought it. So, but it's on, it's on a streaming service. Yeah. I don't HBO know which Max. ones the, uh, I think that might be it. Um, it's nothing like the original Invisible Man at all, um, and I I usually hate you know horror films, especially like slasher stuff. But this was more just like it, he's just a supervillain, you know. So mm-hmm. he can kill a supervillain. Well, and in in the first movie, <laughs> it's he's a supervillain. Like he's yes, his plan is to take over the world. Yes. Um, 
but there's some there's some funny bits. I mean, he has to take off his clothes in order to be invisible. And so there's some fun stuff that again, watching the invisible man and just seeing the effects work that they were doing back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's effective. It's effective. You can see problems with it like uh if you're using CGI and you were removing the the person's head to make him invisible, they would put the back of the shirt on there. Right. But when you're removing him because you've covered that head in in a black cloth, um the back of the shirt is also going to be removed. And so you know there's yeah. there's there's minor details that honestly if I was watching this in 1941 or whatever, I don't know if you would even notice. You'd be no. just in awe of, "Oh, there is a shirt moving around as if there's a person inside it, but there is no pants, there is no hands, there is yeah. no head. It's just this shirt, this night shirt running around." And <laughs> I just effective. love how I just love how maniacal he is in the first one. <laughs> oh my goodness. His <laughs> laughter is just <laughs> <laughs> he's like taking totally off he's, not he's just taking off character. his bandages and he's just laughing cackling madly as he's taking off his bandages because he knows he's freaking everybody out so funny yeah you know what i saw for i think the first time this year is uh the original boris karloff the mummy and oh. i think it was one of those films where i just wasn't that interested in egyptian stuff or you know the mummy character type thing and i watched the other ones with brandon fraser but then this year it was just like one of those movies that was on hulu or whatever Mm -hmm. and i was just like you know what let me just take a look at it and yeah maybe it'd be for the kids or whatever and it was really well done i was really impressed uh um that's one that I have not been able to finish. I've started that, the the original Mummy, with Boris Karloff. I've started it, and it just starts so slow for me. And, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a I slow just... burn, but it's worth it. Uh, two other movies I want to mention before we move on from movies that I watched this year is Doctor Strangelove, which was on HBO Max. What'd Never seen that. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Um, I, I don't know. I like movies where at the end the world actually does blow up. Hey, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I that thought it was one, funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's another one where you're that one you're laughing at it, but then also secretly inside you're crying a little bit cuz like how far from the truth is this? Yeah. Um whereas uh don't look up you're just crying on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so close to the truth. And I think some distance from the actual Cold War, what they're trying to satirize, gives you that hmm. the more yeah. willingness to laugh about, you know, someone riding on a bomb or to, you know, yeah. You know, one of my things. one of the funniest parts in the movie to me was the very opening uh, title card where the Air Force require them to put in and say the air force assures us nothing like this could actually happen because of the <laughs> fail safes they have in place. I was like, nice. Yeah. Okay. Wish they had that in the don't look up movie. <laughs> you you can't fight in here. This is a war room. <laughs> Some of the lines. Yeah. Yeah. Are just so. And then uh, the other movie I watched, uh, which I had never heard of, I was just 
perusing HBO Max and picking anything that was interesting. It was uh, called A Shock to the System with, um, what's his name? Alfred from Batman. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Have you guys seen that? No, it's really interesting. Yeah. It's just about this like normal businessman who, you know, he's frustrated with life and then he slowly starts to figure out that, you know what? The easiest and probably the most fun way for me to deal with my problems is to murder people. And <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so it's like the the slow descent of this really nice man and really casual guy just into horrible, horrible horribleness a movie that i discovered that's old and i do not recommend it is 1973's lost horizon it was on amazon prime and for some reason i'm like you know i saw the original which is all about um this lost city in uh tibet and it's so many things have riffed on this movie where or riffed on the book that the movie is based on where they are super cultured and, you know, this is, you know, uh, Iron Fist is a riff on this movie because you find this lost city where they have this this knowledge and um, they don't die. You know, there's there's they've, they've got eternal youth because people who are staying there, you know, and uh, 1973, they decided to do a big budget musical version of this and it is so 1973 just schmaltz and it's so bad but i watched the whole thing because i just could not i could not tear my eyes away from it it just (laughs) just couldn't i watched a classic if you can see my my quotes there um science fiction movie that was just absolutely horrible and that was um the Stepford Wives. <laughs> the, yeah, we the original or the new one? one? Yeah. The, the original. Or original. The new one. Okay. The original. And it's, I mean, it's, it's just like a smack in the face to anything conservative. Any conservative morals, nice. any, you know, traditional values that you may have. It's just, there you go. And, it, and it's just nonsense, too. I mean, it just... Like 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 men like men with conservative morality would choose to murder their wives instead of and just get robots instead, as as if that would make any sense. So it's just and it's just two hours of that. So <laughs> skip. Uh, so uh, the other things I've been doing is I've been reading a lot of um, science fiction and there's let's see here. So I've been listening to the expanse, which we talked about a little bit when I talked about, I think on our Dune episode, but that book series has a, the final book has just come out. I'm on book seven. There's nine books. Uh, And it is, you want to talk about world building. It is wonderful. It, starts in the future where they're they're mining in Mars and the asteroids and they have people out on some of the moons of Jupiter but then things get crazy and there's an alien intelligence that they encounter 
And then that just changes everything, the dynamics of all the different governments and everything. Uh, but it follows it from a ground level where you're following the captain of a ship and it just, it, there's one book where it just feels like a Western and it's just, it's a frontier town on a planet, you know, that, that's trying to just get by, you know, and trying to figure out how to do what they're going to do. It's just, there. it's fascinating, fascinating series. I also read the Death World books by Harry Harrison, which were also very interesting. Um, basically, he's kind of doing his version of the grand space hero, but it's a guy who really doesn't want to be the grand space hero. And it's poking fun at, you know, just the idea of the grand, grand space hero. And yeah, that, those were, those were interesting and good. I, um, foundation. I've been reading through those because of the TV show that was out, which was all 38 books. Or... I'm just doing the core original three books. I'm not, I'm you. not going beyond that. So, that it, it, if you really want to dig in, like the first seven that he actually wrote, if you really love that style of storytelling, you're looking for that great, big, you know, Asimov thing, I would say it's worth it. But, you know, if you just want to get his original vision, just those three. It's good. I, I had read the trilogy in high school, and so it's it was interesting to watch the show as I'm reading the books or listening to the books rather, because both of them are kind of tapping into the vague memory that I have when I read it in high school. (laughs) Um, But because it's a vague memory, the books are new to me. And -hmm. because the, the new show is not following the books much other than the kind of core concepts, that's also new to me. And it's also kind of fun to kind of side by side, look at, okay, this is the fifties where he's or sixties, where he's thinking about this idea of psychohistory, which is to look at the history and then kind of interpret the psychology of the masses. Where are we going in the future then? And so you take that idea and that concept in the fifties, sixties, whenever he wrote it originally. And then you take that idea now and the people making the show now, they said it was unfilmable up until this point. And they're right. The only way that you can really make this a filmable series is to completely change it because otherwise yeah. you'd be making a retro history, you know, or retro sci-fi where you'd be making a science fiction show that has to ignore science that's cropped up since the fifties. And then the eighties, when he re- returned to the, with the new, with the new books. And, um, and I think that's why I enjoyed foundation. This show so much is, they just said, hey, we're just going to take those core ideas, stick with that, and and create a world out of that. And and it, and it works. It works. Yeah. I've been reading some older stuff, too. I read uh, Triplanetary, which is the like the prequel to the Lensman series. Mm-hmm. If anyone doesn't know what the Lensman series is about, it's basically the Green Lantern core. It's where they got the idea for the Green Lantern core. Um, the triplanetary novel, it's absolutely positively way out there. It has the literary prototype for the Death Star, um, and it just keeps building. 
there's one big thing and then there's another big thing that they do and then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, it really reminded me of the anime series uh, Goren Lagen, if anyone has heard of that. But it's just, it's over the top. It, 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 in Goren Lagen, the characters are over the top and the, the concepts are over the top. I don't want to ruin it because it really goes so far over the top. It's ridiculous, but funny in the same way. There's some problematic things with the anime, just like with anything, I guess. But with um, Triplanetary, it was uh, fantastic just looking at old science fiction and to see the modern concepts that are still coming out of it. Um, so it was really interesting to see. That's, that's also- the one that I, I sent you guys some pictures because I went to Half Price Books uh, in Mishawaka and I actually found them after you had talked about them. I, I had heard about it, but you were talking about how you were reading it. And I was like, oh, I want to get those. And so they're actually there on the shelf, two yeah. volumes, all six books or the first six books or whatever, $40. And you had to buy them together. And I'm just thinking, okay, I'm I'm not that interested. <laughs> I'm interested, but not $40 interested. Same day, I happened to go to the little tiny used bookstore here in town. Bella's Books is what it's called. And they had them too for $6. I couldn't wow. believe that I saw them in th- that same day, um, and they just happened to have it here as well. So I do have them now. They are on my shelf waiting for nice. me to, to crack them open. So Nice. Also, yeah. I've been rereading uh, Charles Williams' novels. I'm rereading a couple of them, but some of them were brand new. Charles Williams was a contemporary of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and um, uh, Dorothy L. Sayers. Uh, the Inklings, basically, and these are largely their novels written between the two wars. I think there's one that happens after the war, uh, World War Two, but that era, that 1930s era of science fiction, but it's not space science fiction. It's what if there was one element in the world that was different that has these other connotations connected to it. And they're all spiritual connotations as well. Charles Williams was, um, you know, very much writing in the in the Christian tradition, and the things that he's looking at are sort of super literary ways to look at elements of the Christian faith. That uh, he really he really does a great job in bringing this almost like a cosmic horror to the aspect of the science fiction but instead of like a h uh, uh what is his name lovecraft instead of lovecraft, lovecraft yeah. um where the, it's more you know there's no hope it's all basically you're a worthless piece of junk in the greater dream of these awful beings or whatever you see the the stories play out and then you can sort of see yourself in the purpose of all of them and it's really it's really fantastic uh there's seven Uh, books and this is the author that they said i think that when c.s lewis wrote that hideous strength he was writing a charles williams novel yeah Mm. and having just read that hideous strength for our c.s lewis trilogy uh series i can see that a lot um, I have read an old book called Flatland. <laughs> oh, oh, you read think? that? Nice. What'd you yeah. think? Um, it was good. 
it's just very interesting. I, I listened to it. Oh, I listened to it. I didn't read it, Ben. I listened to it on a uh, road trip, and it it kept me very engaged in the story and just the the way they're able to convey the image of what's happening just with his you know the prose language is really impressive Mm -hmm. yep it's a good one i think the best book that i read all year was one i got for christmas and uh bear with me it has a really long title i want to get right it's uh, the private memoirs and confessions of a justified sinner by James Hogg. It was published about 200 years ago. And it is a fantastic fantastic look at um, predestination and, um, you know, uh, that whole thing where if we're guaranteed salvation, then can we do anything? But does that mean where we need to do certain things? And it's written in a horror uh, with horror tropes in there. Um, a lot of people think of it as a, like a, you know, horror Gothic novel. Uh, but it has a lot of psychological, um, uh, understandings to it. It's written in multiple parts, sort of like till we have faces. Um, so you sort of get two different aspects on the same thing. And, uh, it has a lot of, it's written by a Scots person. So it has a lot of Scots dialect, uh, speech being represented in text. So if anyone is trying to read it, I think a lot of times that's what catches them up because the Scots dialect on paper is sometimes really hard to understand. Um, but other than that, if you want something that's a Gothic novel, if you're used to reading, you know, Vathek and, and you know, the Dracula novel and stuff like that, um, then you'll get you'll get a better feel for uh, Justified Sinner. Fantastic novel, and there I want to get an actual earlier copy of it because I have a rep a re re pop you know <laughs> version of it that uh, Amazon puts out. But uh, in the original, the way he wrote it, he typeset it in a way that has a deeper meaning the way he typeset it. So you can see deeper into it if you're really looking for the deeper meanings that you can't because it's retypeset by Amazon because it's just, you know, a load of words and a load of type and they just reproduced it on pages. But the way he did it originally, he did it in a certain way that the word justified in the title is a pun on the justification of the text and it goes on and on. So, Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. That's funny. And it's kind of sad that they didn't justify the text when they reproduced it because they don't, they don't get it. Um, but anyway, that was a fantastic, positively fantastic book. All right. Well, we need to close this down. So we're not gonna be able to talk much about TV, but, this was the year of the MCU on Disney Plus with uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier. What if Hawkeye, not Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, um, <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier, wrong Falcon, bird. Yeah. Falcon, Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, what if um, they were all 
part of finished. the the year with with new stuff. Um, and this is the year I discovered Blake Seven. So nice. I Does that have anything like Ben Ten? No, it's no, not. No, it's not. It's uh, <laughs> take some really really good science fiction, and then film it really 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 low budget. Uh, Late seventies Doctor Who type of yeah effects. yeah it's Terry Nation who worked on Doctor yeah, Who it's actually did Blake Seven it's there's moments of brilliance just absolute brilliance but then there's also like some really difficult episodes to watch because it's just like oh what nothing's happening oh no they're <laughs> they're running along the there's there's a guy in a suit running along in the forest yeah looks almost like a monster. Almost. <laughs> I'll just... say one of the best TV things that I saw this year was Lost in Space. Ooh, I, I, oh, we, we have not gotten back yet. Season. We yeah, start. We are two episodes into the new season, uh, so I'm looking forward to the rest of it. I won't ruin it, but when Han Solo dies, I mean, oops. Ben, did you watch Godzilla Singular Point? A couple episodes. Really enjoyed it, but haven't gone back to it. I did see that. It's pretty good. Mm. Very, very uh, reminiscent of the Godzilla uh, anime thing and the Godzilla Shin Godzilla, where it's just a lot of science jargon and, mm-hmm. and explaining <laughs> science jargon. <laughs> I liked how they built the the you know the the animals the 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 beasts to a point where it made sense that yeah. there was going to be they're based on bigger. actual animal biology rather than just kaiju monster suits nice. yeah. yep very cool all right guys let's get a final word on this the final word on 2021 um it was a good good year for entertainment um i thought lots of lots of great stuff came out um another interesting year because of the pandemic and uh yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff that you can pull out, you know, spiritual meaning and and see, you know, elements of what God wants us to do and and what He's got for our lives in these things, if you just look. And I think it shows that there are still things being made out there that do have some theological depth to them. So keep looking for them, and. Keep listening to shows like this where we can sort of sift it out for you <laughs> so you don't have to watch garbage. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would agree. I mean, especially if you look at a movie like Don't Look Up, it was a good lesson about ignoring reality around us. But anyway, this year was a surprising year as I was looking back at my list of, oh, there was there was some really good stuff that came out. And part of it, I think, might have been just because the the time that was taken off at the theaters um, things were held back. And so the good stuff was the stuff that was coming our way. And so like chaos walking, mm. which I have not heard anything good about it, but um, that one didn't make it to theaters because there wasn't room for it because the other stuff was out there that was coming. So um, be interesting to see what happens this year. Yeah. We didn't even get a chance to talk about Aquaman King of Atlantis. No, no. <laughs> I'll have to do an entire show on that. Yeah, uh, maybe or not. <laughs> Aquaman. Maybe 
Shackleton. King of Atlantis. <laughs> Chapter one. <laughs> I loved it, Ben. I loved it so much. And on that note. <laughs> Literally on those notes, we are yes. going to say thank you so much for listening. If you would like to uh, join the conversation, there are ways to do so on Facebook. And then you can also email us. But it, our email has been shut down, the regular one that is strangersandaliens.com. So you do need to uh, send emails to studioavery at gmail.com. That's the kind of catch-all email that I'm using for all podcasts. Um while I figure out how to get back those regular email addresses addresses. So yeah. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Steve, Evan, good to see you again. Yes. And indeed. we will That's talk right. again soon. And until next time, everyone, Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jay Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I'm out of here. I'm going to watch that Bob Ross thing.